Welcome to Now Hear This. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. Now Hear This is a conversation with leaders in Indianapolis that are working to improve the lives of Hoosiers. Our goal is to empower you to join in their work and make a difference while informing you about the unseen aspects of life in Indiana. If you miss an episode, you can listen via podcast at nowhearthisindy.com. Today, I am talking to Maggie Owens of the Indiana Center for Prevention of Youth Abuse and Suicide. Their website is indianaprevention.org. And April is Child Abuse Prevention Month. And unfortunately, in the middle of the COVID crisis, as we heard from our friends at the Children's Bureau, uh, child abuse is not rising, but certainly it, it, it could be. And so, Maggie, as we first, thank you for being here. And second, we've heard from... Kids Voice and Children's Bureau that child abuse may be increasing, but we're not seeing that necessarily in the numbers. What are you seeing out in the community? I would definitely agree with those other two organizations. Um, with What's interesting is that in the state of Indiana, all adults are mandated reporters. And so when kids are at school or if they're at soccer practice or if they're going to a church event, there are all of these other adults that children are seeing and experiencing in their lives that may be somebody that could be, you know, intervening if they feel that child abuse or neglect is happening. Right now with all of these kids just at home and not having those same opportunities to see these other adults, these trusted adults that they know, there aren't the same number of reports that are being made right now. That doesn't mean that the abuse isn't happening. It's just meaning that the kids are not given that opportunity or seeing these people that they know and that they trust that they can talk to about that to make those reports to our local law enforcement and DCS agencies. Unfortunately, what we are seeing is that the cases are more severe. So when people are calling DCS or calling to law enforcement, it's because the, the physical need, the physical abuse or the sexual abuse is so severe that the, they're getting into a hospital or a neighbor is overhearing what's happening, and so they're making those phone calls. So it's getting more, the severity of the abuse is what is causing people to be made aware, and not necessarily that kids are having those conversations with those trusted adults. And the phone number I've got here is 800-800-5556 if you need to make a report or you can call local law enforcement. Again, that's 800-800-5556. And I think the delicate part about making that phone call is I think people don't, am I overreacting? Is this my place? Should I get involved? I'm not quite sure. And can you give us some clarity on when you should call, what you're seeing is the truth, or, you know, what advice would you give to somebody who, who thinks there may be something, but they're not sure if they should get involved? That is a great question, and I'm so glad that you asked that. So, because, you know, like I said, all of us that are adults are mandated reporters, that doesn't mean you have to have been told specific, specific information. All you need to know is that somebody has either said something has happened or you have a reasonable suspicion to believe that a child is in an unsafe situation. And right now that can be anything neglectful as well. So it doesn't have to be that you know that they are experiencing some form of abuse. But if you know that their home life is not safe for them to be in at this time, that is absolutely a time to call that 800-800-5556 number. We, um, I, our organization is actually offering some online training right now 
to try and help people see what that would look like and how to make those reports. Because if you've never made one, there's a lot of things that is overwhelming about that. So we are offering a stewards of children workshop throughout the month of April and beyond just so that people, they're home right now. They're looking for things to do. They can take this online training, recognize signs of abuse and what to do if they, they are experiencing that. So you can find that information on our website, on our events tab, but you can get there through indianaprevention.org. And so we are offering these different web-based trainings, things that we would normally be doing in the community, you know, face-to-face, having these different kind of training opportunities. But we've had to modify it, obviously, with the, you know, shelter in place. Talking to Maggie Owens, who is the Director of Education and Community Relations at the Indiana Center for Prevention of Youth Abuse and Suicide. Again, you can find their website at indianaprevention.org. If I take that training, what are some of the topics that you cover? What will I see if I go and visit that tab? So when you go and and you were to do this thing, this um, particular training, it's an interactive workbook through Darkness to Light. So Darkness to Light is actually a different organization that has built this evidence-based curriculum. But it's really just about holding adults accountable and providing support necessary to be able to take um, take control of situations. I mean, there's, an, it, there's some video. Um, it talks to survivors of child sexual abuse and, you know, people that have worked in the community in these video segments. It's really something that I have said, if you are ever around a child or ever have a child in your home or you work with children in any capacity, this is really something that reframes the way you think about how you interact with kids. It also helps you understand that some of the behaviors that you may see, so, you know, we do this for teachers a lot, you may see some behavior in your classroom that could be because they've experienced something at home. They may be acting in a way that is different. They may be expressing that they are afraid of being at home. And so we're seeing that right now. We're seeing these kids that are afraid. They've lost the stability of their school. They've lost the stability of going out into public to doing the sporting events that they want to do. So this is really a great way to reframe how you think about kids and what their life might look like. So, let's let's move to a different mode of thinking if there's somebody okay. listening right now all right there 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 are a lot of parents who you know i talked to a friend today and she's like i'm a single mom i am working from home i'm teaching my kids online i am managing the household i'm doing all of that simultaneously i don't have any help i can't have any help that's a lot of pressure there's a lot of pressure on parents right now there's a lot of extra tension because of stress and worry, changes in job structures, schools. So let's talk to some of those parents who are feeling some of that stress, that self-isolation. What are some tools or or ways that people can manage the stress and just kind of keep their mental health together and and avoid getting into a situation that escalates in in a poor way? Where Where do you start with a conversation like that? I think that the biggest thing and the biggest thing to remember right now is that what we're experiencing is a lot like grief. I mean, there are the phases and the stages of grief and it's the same thing of what we're going through. So every person has had to change 
so much of their daily life. So I am a mom. I am, you know, my husband and I are both working from home. We have two little kids. We're both trying to do what we have to do with their e-learning, and it is completely overwhelming. None of us signed up to do online, long-term, virtual education with our kids. That's not what, what, what we're experiencing is just so abnormal. So the big thing to remember is that if you are not, if you as the parent or the caregiver or the person who is helping out with your kids at home, if you are not taking that opportunity to take some mental breaks for yourself, your kids are going to feed off of that. So if that means you need to take a second and say, guys, I have to step away for a little bit. I need to, I need to take a quick, you know, walk to the end of the driveway and back, get a quick piece of fresh air to take those deep breaths. That's okay. And it is 100% okay to feel all of your feelings. We in a, in a 24-hour period of time, you're probably going to feel so many different ranges of emotions from feeling like you don't know what's coming next, you don't know what tomorrow is going to look like, you don't know when we're going to get back to normal, but at the same time, you're loving the fact that you get to have these extra t- this extra amount of time with your kids. All of that is okay, and identifying the fact that you're feeling that way, that's the first step to take care of yourself as well as to be able to take care of your kids. But at the same time, your kids are going through their same ranges of emotion. And so to be able to have those real holistic conversations with your children, whether they are five or whether they are 19 still living at home, to be able to have those seconds of, are you okay? Is there anything that you need? You know, how are you feeling about this? asking those questions to really be able to gauge what they're feeling, how they're interpreting things, what they're struggling with. I mean, this is a great time for parents to not only connect with their kids, but connect with their spouse, connect with your own parents as well. Make that phone call, make sure your own parents or your grandparents or your aunt and uncle are okay. I mean, they keep calling this social distancing and I try and rephrase it as physical distancing because socially you can still connect in all of the same ways just not you know go and hug your neighbor across the street how do you explain something like this i'm not sure how old your kids are but let's say you're talking to an eight-year-old or a 12-year-old like how do you explain what's going on and and the death that's going on like i i'm not a parent so i wonder how people would talk to their kids about this you know there are a lot of great resources available on our website. We have a whole segment right now kind of geared to what's happening in our world. I mean, it has everything from um, how to have these conversations about big events. I mean, right now we're experiencing in our world a really big event. And so it's giving talking points of how to have those kinds of conversations. And so that's on our website, but it has everything from, you know, what to do with your kids while they're home to help, you know, balance digital learning as well as having a little bit of extra fun, having, making sure your online safety is there and what parents can do to be able to implement online safety because with this remote learning, they're going to be doing a lot more stuff online. And so we have a whole segment of our website kind of directed to that. Um, There are some other online, um, trainings and webinars that you can can access through our website as far as you know what what to do and how to have these conversations 
at home. So let's say things just get heated and very tense. How do you back down? How do you de-escalate? Give us a few tips for that. As a parent to de-escalate, are you asking? Yes. I think that the number one thing to do is give that space. So if you are feeling your blood boiling, you are feeling that you are getting hot and, and bothered and upset and overwhelmed and you're trying to work and you're trying to make lunch, you're trying to get everything done, take that time to take a deep breath count to five. And I know that sounds so easy, but when you take that deep breath and you can feel your feet on the floor, you can feel that you can take one step in front of the other, that you can control your body. And if you, even if you're explaining that to the people in your home, like I need to just walk away and breathe, you are showing your kids that, that you're solving your own problem, that you are working through those emotions before escalating to a, to a point. I mean, we all, I'm, like I said, I'm a parent. I have yelled at my kids. I have, you know, we've all lost our temper because we we're just trying to figure this out. But then also coming back from that after yelling at your kids, after, you know, getting extra snippy to ask that forgiveness from them, them explain to them. Like I have had this conversation with my nine year old. I'm sorry, honey. This is an unknown time and we're all working through this together. I'm sorry that I raised my voice. Do you forgive me? And let's talk about it. I mean, having that opportunity to just converse and work through it. I have learned so much more from my kids in this. And I've seen their relationships with each other as well as their relationship with me and my husband change completely in a positive way because we're taking that time to work through this together, to talk about it together, to see how we can help our neighbors. We know if we have an elderly neighbor, what can we do? How can we send somebody a card that maybe is feeling disconnected from people and taking very intentional steps to still be connected with others? I was in the program by asking, you know, you're, you're in the weeds of, you know, helping prevent youth abuse and suicide, and a lot of us are not. We don't necessarily think about some of the things that you work at on a daily basis. So what should everybody know that you just kind of see on a daily basis that you just go, I wish everybody knew this? Ooh, that's kind of a good one. Um, as far as the suicide prevention goes, you know, we are, as well as seeing the rise of severe child abuse, we're also seeing a rise of suicide attempts and suicide completions right now. People are in a home that maybe isn't, that maybe isn't the most stable and they're not having that opportunity to talk. The biggest thing I think that we need to think about with our mental health is really asking if you are seeing somebody struggling to be able to ask that question of, are you okay? Are you thinking of hurting yourself? Are you thinking of harming yourself? Do you have a plan? Do you have any kind of of means? Because just asking that question can truly stop somebody who's having a mental health crisis, stop that trajectory by asking the question and then being able to identify if they do need help and what to do. Um, That I think is something that often gets misrepresented in the media. People think that by asking the question, you're planting the seeds in the mind of someone. 
But really, it's opening the door of communication where they can say, you know what, yes, I am having a really hard time. And yes, I do need help. Um, we have another program that we are offering online called QPR. And that's another one that you can get to from our website and take some online, you know, virtual learning about how to ask the question, how to persu persuade somebody to stay alive and also refer them to get to the help that they need. So many amazing things are happening with telehealth and teletherapy right now that you can still have access without having to leave your home. Maggie Owens, Director of Education and Community Relations for the Indiana Center for Prevention of Youth Abuse and Suicide. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I love to be able to share what we're doing and ways to connect with people. You can find out more about their work at indianaprevention.org. And again, that number, if you see something that uh, you're concerned about, that number is 800-800-5556. Thank you for joining us here on Now Hear This. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. If you missed any portion of our program, you can listen on our website at nowhearthisindy.com. If you'd like to have your organization featured on the show, please contact Gabby at 317-475-7407 or via the contact page on our website. Thanks for listening, and we will be back again next weekend with Now Hear This. We Are Libertarians Plus members enjoy many benefits like exclusive bonus shows like Build the Wall and Ideological Origins, lifetime access to my exclusive private newsletter at chrisspangle.com, early release of episodes with commercial-free shows, and a full feed of the show with 700 more episodes than you can find in the public feed. You'll also get merch and the opportunity to be a guest on the show. Most importantly, Wall Plus members support a new generation of opinion journalists by bringing an independent libertarian perspective to the news. Enjoy these benefits immediately by visiting joinwallplus.com.